This message was recorded at Breakthrough Fellowship in Nungoja. Like the pastor I mentioned, I work for MTN. Um, I just came with some goodies. While we are, we are discussing today, I'll, I'll give out some of these. Uh, my company has been kind enough to me and, and, and asked me to, to give some of these out while I speak today. Because I don't represent myself, I represent them as well. And some of the information I'm going to share, I have learned uh, from working with them. Amen? So the first two will go to, to our hosts, uh, Pastor Flavia Samatimba. This is yours. And uh, of course the second one will go to, to Noah. I'll ask Judy to pass this over. Hmm? I, I have a lot of uh, goodies to give out. My Amabear Atherman has those. You know, so I'll, I'll be giving out at leisure. You know, if, if you smile, you clap, you impress me, you know, I'll, I'll just be giving those out. Amen? Um, it's a blessing to be here. Um, when Pastor Noah opened up this church, I was very excited. I remember I was one of the first people who came here. Actually, I didn't tell him I was coming. I just called up my, my man, Arthur Man. My wife was working on the day, so we drove in here. And, and I think it was a bit of a surprise for him, but we were very excited. Um, when I met our senior pastor, I told him about that as well. I told him, uh, you know, when Noah opened up a church, uh, we really have to support our brother. I think that's what we do. There's a lot of harvest, and we can't finish it. Sometimes I don't understand why churches compete. Because the harvest is plenty. The mandate is different. While some people need jobs, others need healing, others need deliverance, you know. So, so there are different mandates. So, Pastor Noah and Pastor Flavia, I appreciate this. I've also attended their fellowship at, um, in, in Houston, the Breakthrough Fellowship there. Very seasoned, um, very important people attend that fellowship. I did manage to share. I think I left an impression on many of the people there. I have very good friends in that fellowship. <laughs> Amen? So they are doing a good job, not only in Uganda, but internationally and wherever they are. I was telling my friend Atherman that, by the way, the Flavia you know, who used to rap here, it's very different from the, the Flavia in the U.S. So you may go to the U.S. and you're looking for the rapper. My friend, that Flavia is, is a woman of God, a prophet. The kind of people who come to her for counsel are, are millionaires. They, they play in a different league. Amen? So, so just, just don't look at her and think she's, she's the use of Flavia. So Pastor Noah writes to me and tells me, Labor Day, what are you doing? I tell him, the usual. I just go around, um, watch a nice movie, go visiting, go to the mall, you know, play with my baby. That's what I'll be doing. I said, I have a gig for you. I asked him, what is it? He said, I need you to speak. Um, <laughs> I need you to speak to, uh, to the team about a couple of topics. So he highlights them. He simply writes, he said, I want you to talk about um, sales maximization. I want you to talk about uh, marketing and selling your product, your business, your business idea yourself as a product, yourself and an interview. So I, I look at it and say, no, this is, this is chicken mash. This is something I've done all my life. And so I take my time. I, I don't prepare sufficiently. Imagine it's on my fingertips. These are things I know I've been doing all my life. Now, towards the end of last week, it actually occurs to me that there's probably something Pastor Noah saw that I didn't see. When someone asks you to do something, there's something they have seen, there's something they want you to highlight. I may walk here and sound irrelevant because I'm not addressing what he has seen. 
So I quickly get in touch and say, oh, by the way, uh, Noah, you told me to do A, B, C, D, E. This is what I have in mind. Am I in line with your, uh, with your requirements, what, what you need the congregation to hear? Took him through the bullet points, he said, perfect. So what I'm presenting here is in line with the man and one, a woman of God's vision. Okay, just quickly, um, let me consult. I've never used this gadget before. Let me set it on fire. Pastor already introduced me. <laughs> Those are my names. I head enterprise sales for uh, the biggest company, the biggest taxpayer in Uganda, and uh, the biggest telecom, also the biggest giver in terms of social responsibility, that is MTN Uganda. Um, I also mentor for unreasonable mentors. Pastor already broke down what we do there. The couple of businesses that we've supported from startup. So from incubation to startup to maturity. I'll just mention one of, one, of, one of two of those businesses. One is Jibu Water. You've seen Jibu Water? We supported that business through to maturity right now. Then the other one is uh, Sprouts of Water. Sprouts of Water is predominantly in two uh, porcelain water filters. Now, what amazes me about this company and what I've observed through these incubations is that most of the people who start these companies are not Ugandans. Jibwater has an inclination to an American and a Canadian. Just brings Ugandans to work for them. Sprouts of Water, same story. A couple of uh, young people came here to volunteer in the north. They were working for an NGO. And they actually discovered there was a need for clean water. And so they decided to start using local materials. Um, I think this supply needs to learn. They decided they, started, they needed to start using local materials to create filters to benefit the local community. There was a lot of dirty water. Again, college students from the U.S. come to volunteer in Uganda, start up businesses. So what um, uh, Mr. Samuel team has been sharing here today is very important for us. It's important that we start being business creators, and clearly what, what you shared is very important. Okay? Um, why do we work? There's a time during my Bible study I came across a scripture that I'd never actually... I'd never read before. I used to read the whole of Psalm 90, but this scripture had, had never hit home. And that is uh, Psalm 90, verse 16 and 17. God talks about work. This is actually the Psalm of Moses. He says, let your work appear to your servants. Students, okay? I think, let me, let me set up my phone here and do like Sam was doing. No, I don't have to keep looking back there. Just give me a minute. Okay, so it says, let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children, which means God, God works. God has worked from, from the onset. He created the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. He worked. And on the seventh day, he... Okay, then verse 17 says, let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Right? God's favor upon us to confirm the work of our hands. All right? Then Moses repeats. He says, yes, confirm the work of our hands. That is repeated twice, which means the work of our hands is very important. And God actually approves of it. And his favor must be on our work. Amen? Why do we work? One, for personal satisfaction and advancement. Two, uh, to support government through taxations. Sometimes you think you just work to eat all the food. Where I work, I pay close to 45% in taxes. 
So I work and the government takes 45%. When you make a call, the government takes part of that. When, when you purchase, there's value-added tax. So you work to be able to support government projects, to support people who are not able to, uh, to pay their taxes. Number three, we work to advance God's kingdom. How do we do that? Through our tithe. How many of you here are tithers? Come on, please give that lady a pen. She, she was the first to put up her hand. <laughs> tithe is very... That one right there. Yeah. It's an MTN pen. Mobile money. Tithe. Very important. Sometimes we ignore tithe. I actually find Christians who don't think tithe is very important. I'll go a bit into my tithe story later, but now I'll, I'll stay on to the subject matter. I, my first encounter with tithe was way back in, in my primary, five. That's when I associated myself with tithe, and that's why it's important to me. Then, of course, number four, we work to be able to do charitable acts for the underprivileged. I told you, on an individual basis, I support a number of projects, but also volunteer in so many other places. Why? Because there are people who are underprivileged and they can't afford some of these things. MTN, one time someone asked me, why is MTN the most successful company? I told them MTN is successful because it gives. I worked for Petroleum before, and I don't intend to attack my former employee. I've also observed some companies that were here way before in the 1930s, and I've been to areas where they've operated for the longest times, and there's no dispensary, there's no school to their name. When MTN came in here, we built schools, we supported sports, we supported local music, we, we did so many things, and eventually... Uh, one over the, the hearts of, of the community. So, going into my subject matter, like Pastor Noah said, sales is my bread and butter. My first association with sales was um, in my P7, P7 vacation. Robert Chironda, you would know that. Um, we had an unfortunate event. My parents lost their jobs in Kenya, and so they had to come back to Uganda, and so were obedient days, and so. In, in, in that, during that time, my mom had to find ways of supporting the family. And some of the things that she did was do a confectionaries, small confectionaries. And who was her lead salesperson? Yours truly. Okay? So I started my sales career as early as that. Things eventually stabilized, got good, but I loved sales. Okay? I discovered there was a need. Where I come from, uh, these local banners, local candles... In Lusoga, it's called Tadova. I don't know what it's called in Luganda or in Same. Okay? So you see what I'm talking about. Those small paraffin banners were so popular. And so I discovered that people who make these things do not have raw material. So during my, my, my after, after I'm done with supporting my mom and doing whatever I do, I'd move around homes to collect tins. And in a given day, I'd collect up to three sacks of tins. Clean them, package them. I got in touch with guys who make these tadovas, told them, guys, I have raw materials for you. This is my price. And so I was known as the tin boy as early as P7 VAC. I made money as early as then from sales. So I loved it. I fell in love with sales. It was my thing, okay? So after that, um, I started my high school journey, and my parents wanted me to be a doctor. So my parents were pushing me to do medicine. And when it came to senior six, I had to do it twice because I did not achieve those marks. And my second sitting, someone tells my mom, but your boy has performed fairly well. I can pay for him to do medicine as a private student. 
That's when I put up my hand. I told my mom, you know what? I can't be a doctor. I don't like it. I don't like blood. I want to do something else. So my mom asked me, what do you want to do? I told her, whatever I do, I want to end up in business and sales. I said, but why didn't you tell me? I told her, mommy, I was doing it for you. I said, but you should have told me you wasted your time trying to be a doctor. That was my last association with medicine. How many doctors do we have in the house? I love you guys. You take care of me, but I didn't want to be one of you. Okay? <laughs> so we also talk about uh, sales maximization. We'll talk about um, um, you as a brand. I'll touch lightly about that. I'll talk about you in an interview. Then I'll also touch briefly on what employers look for, what a desirable employee should look like. I'll touch briefly on that as well. Okay? So, quickly through sales. Just one, two. Who can tell me what they understand by sales? Two volunteers. Remember their gift. <laughs> two volunteers. Can I select? Rebecca. Lady Bizo. What do you understand by sales? what I will be looking at. 
Sales is not marketing. Rebecca, you, you are mixing both. Okay? In a nutshell, sales is persuasion. Marketing is communication. Marketing is mass. You can speak to anyone. You can market to anyone. You notice that uh, the people who, um, who, who respond most to marketing are actually young children because the jingles are usually nice. You know? They're not going to buy anything, but they like the songs. Um, I don't know whether you guys remember any of your popular marketing songs when you're young. There's an advert, I Loved a Lot. It was by Pepsi Cola. Uh, when this kid was at the beach playing and entered a bottle, and then the sister went and told the mom, Mom, he, he, he's done it again. You know, it, it was so funny. And I couldn't afford a Pepsi then. But I loved, I loved the product. Now, the difference is sales is persuasion. How many of you have watched um, Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> or Take It to the Greek by PDD? You guys have not watched that one? Very interesting. You need to watch it. These guys made me fall in love with sales again. But predominantly, Wolf of Wall Street. This guy tells one of his colleagues, sell me a pen. Sell me this pen. One of the guys is like, no, I'm still eating. I can't sell it to you. He said, okay. Give it to his colleague. The guy tells him, sign me something on the napkin. He says, I don't have a pen. He says, there you go. Sales is persuasion. You connect with the emotion. You create a need. You deliberately go out and create a need. Many times, people may not even know what you're selling, but you'll have to create that need. Marketing will blaze it out, but sales will create that need. Then also, marketing protects itself mainly around the four P's. Marketing is a supporting function for sales, no doubt. But it raises itself mainly around the four P's. The first P is product. Second, place. Price. Third, place. And of course, fourth is promotion. The adverts and everything. Okay? So, that is the difference between sales and marketing. I do mainly sales. I'm not very strong with marketing. Okay? How many sales types do we have? There are four sales type personalities. Rather, there are four sales types. The first type is person to person. You know, um, you have a good, you sell it to a friend. Usually, it doesn't involve a lot of contracting, um, not a lot of negotiations. You know, you, you have a good, I give it to you, you agree. Okay, very simple. Um, it's more of need driven. Okay, you have a need. You go out to purchase something. Very simple. That's what we do on a daily basis. Okay? Um, sometimes it only involves psychological contracts. Look at your mechanics, for example. Sometimes you take your cars to them, and they don't even give you a receipt, or you don't even sign a contract. Just give them your car. You don't know why they are taking it. You don't know what they are going to do. Psychological contract. They will bring it back. Typically, here, what we do is trust-based, person-to-person. And then decision-making is instant. You either want it or you don't. I don't have to put a lot of effort in it. Sometimes you do if you're selling to, to other man, maybe. Okay? Then we have business to consumer. Business cons- to consumer is predominantly um, retail products with low price points. What comes to mind is uh, beverages, Coca-Cola, water, um, other beverages that I'm not at liberty to mention, but predominantly that. <laughs> beverages, retail sales. Root sales, business to consumer, heavily uh, supported by the retail network, 
most of those ones have dealerships, uh, petroleum products, fuel dealerships. They're supported by retail networks, by agents. Um, and then also, um, yeah, yeah, supported by dealership. So, so that is the model, the particular model that those particular businesses uh, uh, use. Then there's what they call business to business. Incidentally, I've done all these, but my major focus has been mainly in the third. That is business to business. The business selling to another business. That is my major focus, and that's what I do for a living. So, business business, one usually has high price points because the services are specialized in nature. Okay? Number two, it takes longer buying cycles and longer selling cycles. For example, um, I'll walk to Breakthrough Fellowship. I noticed that um, they've been streaming their services. I noticed that um, the church um, maybe needs communication. They are calling people a lot. Uh, they are they're on groups communicating a lot. So I want to convince them to take a solution from me. One, a voice solution, an internet solution, and maybe a data solution. So I have to create the need to Pastor Noah. Tell him, Pastor Noah, I noticed this is what happened. Remember, it involves studying patterns. You have to learn. You have to do a thorough needs analysis in this particular kind of sales. So this is what I'm proposing to you. I'll give you a centralized calling system. I'll give you a virtual uh, PABX. I'll give you dedicated internet, two months free. I'll give you ABCDE. So Noah has to meet the board or breakthrough, take them through. This is what we are doing. The guys will be like, no. What, what the, the equipment we have, what we're using right now is sufficient. We don't need to pay a higher price. We don't need uh, to bring in new equipment. There will be a lot of resistance. That is what happens in these kinds of business-to-business sales. I'm, I'm trying to use um, examples from, from basic principles. Okay? Um, it involves buying from multiple decision makers, just like I mentioned. It is strategic in nature. You don't guess. You have to be deliberate. You have to be strategic. You have to understand the needs of your customer. You have to know the customer growth journey. You see? If I come to Breakthrough today and look at them in a tent here, I think this is their end game. No. I have to look and say, okay, Pastor Noah, in two years' time, you're going to have 10,000 people. Will this internet be sufficient? 10 Mbps? No. We're looking at maybe 200 Mbps. Let's start planning that. So this is a relationship. I create the relationship for my business to Breakthrough as a business. Okay? Um... This sales appeal to emotions, like I mentioned. I have to, to know what exactly the customer needs. I have to sell to the customer's emotions. All right? Um, then buyers are very rational. They, they don't guess. They know what they want, and they resist. They press back. And, of course, there's a fourth type of sales that uh, has gained a lot of popularity. I actually saw a lot of this in MTN beginning around uh, 2009. That's when MTN popularized business to employee. Not many people know this, B2E. But MTN discovered long ago that employees are also a big customer base. One, you have to sell them for them to be able to understand the product. There are corporations that I, I go to and I speak to the receptionist and she doesn't know what they do. Tell them, you know, um, my pay TV is down. She says, I don't know call someone in sales, or call the helpline. Ideally, I'd expect that if I walk to your reception, I should get information from the gate man as well. 
if a security firm is working for me, they should know what I do. So I have to be deliberate about what I tell them. Okay? Um, some of the ways in which uh, companies um, enhance this kind of communication is through uh, internal communications, through SharePoint, um, uh, to extend special discounts or deals. Um, at MTN, if I lost my job today, my in-laws would be very unhappy with me because they get discounted calls. My wife would be very unhappy with me because she gets discounted calls. So I have to ensure that I'm loyal to my job because I have to make <laughs> my wife and my in-laws happy. There are so many other things that happen for me in terms of my insurance, in terms of my, my, my retention, you know. So the company goes out to deliberately sell to me as an individual as well. Okay? Um, and then, of course, this kind of sales creates product awareness and encourages overall company growth. Are we together? You guys are so quiet. We good? Please give that lady a piece. <laughs> she, she's really followed. I see she's not taking notes. All right. So, um, sales personality types. Now, sales has personalities. Selling Kawalagala is not the same as selling an enterprise solution. It's not the same as a root sales person. Okay? It has personalities. I'll touch lightly on the four main ones. I'll go a little bit into detail. Um, but like uh, my brother Tim mentioned, Pastor Noah, I think this, this, this one-day conference is not enough. He needs a full day. I need a full day. We cannot exhaust what we have. We're just going to quickly. Robert needs like three days. <laughs> and when Ed, Adrian comes, I don't know. Okay? So I'll, I'll quickly touch the sales personality types. There are four. There's what we call the closer. Okay? Take notes. The closer. You'll find out where you fall. Remember, we all sell something. Okay? Then we have uh, the consultant. Then we have the relationship builder and then the order taker. What do closers do? Closers are predominantly involved with demonstration sales. Closers, I'll give you a very common example in Uganda, network marketing. The deal must happen then or never. Okay? One of the very first companies I worked for while I was at university, incidentally I made a lot of money, was a, a timeshare company. That is the luxury real estate. I'll give a brief synopsis of what happens in, 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 in timeshare. Okay? We randomly look at business people, um, people who are employed, uh, social influencers, politicians, and we believe that these people have money. So we invite them over to what we call a tour. All right? If you've been to Dubai, you've Dubai or Miami or, or Las Vegas. Um, apart from Miami, I've been to those two beautiful cities. You'll find these people. They always try to sell a luxury holiday to you. Okay? Now, this is one of the toughest sales jobs because here is someone just walked in from the airport and you want them to put down $20,000 on the day. And you have targets to do that. And I tell you, I did it. Okay? So these are the closers. You have targets for the day. You have to close them. Okay? This kind of sales don't require any relationship. I don't have to know you. I don't have to know what happens to you after. As long as you put down your money, I pass you on to the next. Okay? 
So a closer is target driven. You have to close this deal, bring in this money. If it doesn't go my way, well and good. Next, that is how it happens. A bit more like how hell will be maybe. Throw you in the fire. Next, okay? So you don't want to go to hell. No relationship. Okay? Uh, they, they, they are mainly at trade shows. Okay? Um, pyramid networking. Then high ticket executive goods, luxury goods, like I mentioned. Then we have the consultant. The consultant, usually bigger tickets. Like I told you, that's what I eventually grew into. Consultants, usually um, uh, telecoms, expensive goods, um, IT, uh, Xerox, IBM, Oracle. Those are the kind of, of sales. And then we have also like vendors like Huawei. We have uh, ZTE. Consultants are predominantly software, telecom. You sell to big corporations like banks. Um, you sell to NGOs. You sell to government. You know, That's what consultants do. You don't have to be rushed. This deal sometimes take years. You can start chasing a deal today in January and only close it next year, mid next year. Adrian, you know that. Okay? Yeah. So, so that is what, what they do. Okay? Um, then we have the relationship builder. Relationship builder, we are looking mainly at root sales people, beverage sellers, petroleum. Okay? Now, these kinds of people build relationships. A guy who is selling Movit along this route pretty much knows every shop along here. They know where they're going to deliver and when. Okay? A guy who is selling Coca-Cola, same story. Those are relationship builders. I'll go a bit more into uh, the characteristics of all these sales. And then we have order takers. Order takers are people like tellers, um, sales administrators, clerks, and then also catalog sales people. So you bought something from Amazon, you just need to clarify something. You pretty much decided you're going to buy this person just takes and completes your order. So that's another kind of sales personality. Briefly, I'll touch um, the closer. The closer, like I said, majorly cold calling. They don't know you. They'll just show up. You just receive a phone call. Hi, uh, um, Mr. Mwinda. Um, we have a new BMW for you. You may need to come and just drive it, blah, blah, blah. And if you buy, you go to the dealership. You just drive the BMW. And then I start on you. I can give you credit. I can do this. I can do this. Offering crazy loyalties. You see? That is what closers do. They are very aggressive and usually initiate customer contact. Um, one or two contacts with you as a prospect, like I said, they, they don't really put a lot of effort on relationships. Um, there's high risk of failure and very little time to interact. They do not have fear personal rejection. For them, they know it's either deal or not. Um, those guys also in nature do not fear women. They don't have a timidity for women. If he likes you as a woman, he only has two answers, yes or no. There's no maybe. So, if he sees you, Sharon, he just walk to you. Say, Sharon, ma, I like the way you sing. I think you're my girl. They're just quick. Please be Sharon. Alright? That's how close I that's what they do, okay? Um, they quickly establish Okay, okay, I'll, I'll look that side as well. I'll look that side. Okay, they quickly established a prospect's emotional desire and need for the product. They literally harp at your emotion. 
they will show you why you need to have it and why you need to have it now. Network marketing. For people, you travel, you go here, you see the world. You go, have you been to Las Vegas? No. Next month. You're in Las Vegas. They will quickly lock you in. You know, that, that's how they operate. Okay? Have you ever encountered such people? You have? How many of you are in network marketing? Oh, so we have so many closers here, eh? I need to train you guys. When I joined network marketing, that was Forever Living Products. I quickly grew up into like a supervisor. My upline then was so impressed. And I just did it out of fun and also uh, because I totally respect and love my upline. So I can train you. All right? Then we have the consultant. Like I mentioned, very patient, interpersonal contact. They take time. They want to know you. They will even know your child's birthday. They will even send you a message on your wife's birthday. You know? That's, that's consultant for you. You have to lock it in. And incidentally, this is where the big money is. And this is where I want all of us to take our businesses. Once you're done opening up your business, like Sam has, 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 has just been showing us, then you have to grow your business to this level where you lock in uh, your customers. Okay? They have measured aggression. They're very aggressive, but you'll probably never see it. They'll check on you. They just show up and you're ah, you know, uh, Pastor Flavia is just passing by. Is, uh, is, is your telephone working? I tried calling your lines and they were a bit busy. It looks like you have some congestion. Is there something we can do to ease the congestion on your lines? We could probably expand your lines to like 30 or something. That's how they are. Measured aggression. It doesn't look like aggression, but they will be in your face. You know? They know who to speak to. Okay? Um, they have well-timed persistence. They don't want to be obvious, but they know what they are doing. Remember, it's a job. Okay? They are usually career-oriented. When you become a consultant, you'll never want to do anything else. Right now, I can't do any other job. I can't be a doctor. I just want to be a sales consultant. I want to ensure that my customers feel me. I want to build that, that brand and connection with my customer. Okay? They are more academically inclined. They will put in effort to study, to understand, to learn, to know what are the new sales models around. They'll do that. Okay? Um, they have a very high level of attention to detail. You cannot create, you cannot do any analysis of a customer when you can't go down into detail. When you can't project their growth, you can't project where they are going next. You cannot be a consultant when you don't have uh, that high level. Okay? They, they are able to handle personal rejection and fear of failure. Again, like the closers. But these ones in a more mature way. You know? If Sharon says no, I'm not going to threaten her or go on social media and, and say so many things. I'll take it cool. I'll just know another day, another time. You know? That's how consultants are. Very patient, measured aggression. They know when to ease off and when to return. Let's do what you do by yourself. <laughs> Derek is treating you. He doesn't buy flowers for you on Valentine. You'll find a bouquet on your desk. <laughs> That's how consultants are. They keep around. They don't care if you're with the competition. They'll come around. They'll, they'll see what to do. Okay? Then they exhibit self-confidence, patience, and the ability to quickly develop interpersonal relationship with all business prospects. Have you ever encountered such in, in your organizations, Robert? Have you, has a consultant ever been there? And I'm not sure we have one who's going to break through. I'll be there first. All right. Let me let this relationship builder. I'm, I'm concentrating on 
There are so many sales jobs out there and people don't go for them because they feel we are not ready. But yet these are the jobs that will make you good money. Buy yourself. Consultant sales and commissions. Commissions are insane. This is what you should be doing. Especially for, for telecom, ICT. Okay? The relationship builder. Like I told you, these are root sales people. Very independent and like independence. My first job was a relationship builder. I was in charge of the, the retail network for Central Western, Central West and Western Uganda. You know, so I had to ensure that I have I connected my dealers with my customers, uh, with the NGOs that, that purchase fuel from, from my petrol station. And uh, the name that we were called then was tourists because we were never in office. Just pop in, pick supplies, pick your allowances, jump into your car, head out. We loved our independence. So we were literally tourists. We were not resident in the office. Okay? So they like the freedom of sales. Okay? They enjoy being their own boss feeling. Remember, with this kind of job, no time. At the end of the day, at the volumes counting, this is a volume-based job. How much volume have you pushed out? Because volume is directly proportional to revenue with this kind of sales. Beverage sales, petroleum sales, volume. In fact, you'll notice that usually on Fridays, guys would be at like the order, the, the, the order counter checking. And some order, how many liters? How many did Adrian take? 4,000 liters. No. Adrian is supposed to take 7,000 liters. Hey, Adrian, I know you've just taken 4,000 liters. Is there a problem? Can I send you credit? I can give you 5,000 extra credit payable Monday. Okay. Give Adrian 5,000 more liters. On Fridays, they want the orders to go out. This is how they are. They push orders out. Volumes is directly proportional to revenue, according to them. Um, they exercise discipline and take responsibility for their actions. Of course, when you're independent, you have to be disciplined. Otherwise, you lose your job. So many decisions hinge around you. The jobs are also quite tempting, easy to lose, because remember, you're literally your own boss at any given time. In whatever area you're running, you're like the boss. Okay? Um, if you look at the alternative beverages, these guys are always in nightclubs. They are sponsoring things, giving away things, you know. They're their own bosses. These guys dislike control and structure. Directly proportional to, to, to freedom. They're very patient and usually cement a customer relationship. They're not short-term target person. Relationship. Sales is heavily dependent on the relationship. Now, the other disadvantage of this kind of people is when they leave one company, they literally move with all their customers. Yeah. Because of these relationships they have built. If I've been pushing Movit for the past two years, when I move to Samona, I'll move with all my customers. Very soon you'll just see Movit market share dwindling. Why? Because you had a very good salesperson who has moved with their business. That's the only risk with these kinds of people. And then, of course, the last one is the order taker. Okay? Catalog sales personnel, very simple. You've already understood the product. You go to the catalog, Amazon, check through. Uh, or best buy, you check through, you, want, you know what you want. Order, I just need to find out, okay, how long does this good take, blah, blah, blah. These are the kind of people. They always just help you with the final decision. They just literally tip you over. They give you comfort that what you're buying is it. Okay? Um, very little personal involvement. They can even talk to you while he's busy on his social media. Because usually they're on the other side of the phone. Very little. As, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Okay, just a, the, 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 very little personal um, involvement. 
relatively very little risk of personal rejection because anyway, we've already decided whether I reject or not, these guys will get their pay. Okay? Then um, it's usually non-complex cells. Small thing, you need earrings, leggings, sheds, very small things, small electronic, a camera, very quick. They usually double as sales admins and clerks. Okay? So, that's a bit more about sales, sales types, and sales possibilities. Breakthrough Fellowship meets every Wednesday in Lunguja. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89 Thank you.